Today is uh, Rosh Chodesh Adar, and Chazal tell us Mishnichnas Adar Marvin Besimcha that we from Rosh Chodesh Adar we have to start working on the avoida of Purim. Meaning, even though Purim is later in the month, but for us the fourteenth of Adar, but still. You can't just wake up on the morning of Purim or the night of Purim and start having Simcha. Mishalichnas Adar, Marvin Besimcha means that you have to begin the process of Simcha and preparing yourself for that day from today. Okay? So we want to start, hopefully over the next week, we're going to do a few uh, shmuzes and vadin to get you into the sugi of Purim so you truly appreciate the day. Because Chazal is telling us something very deep. If Simcha was only a party that you eat meat and you drink wine and you get high and it's fun and there's music and you have Nechemya cats and all those things, for that you don't need that much preparation. For that, you can do simcha right on the spot. There's no reason for preparation for that. Like we see on Yom Tov, there's a mitzvah, you have to have simcha on Yom Tov. It's not very hard. You don't have to prepare it. You have bosa, you have yayin. You can prepare. You don't have to prepare it. You just have simcha. All of a sudden, when it comes to Chodesh Adar, we start gradually building ourselves up to get to the climax of the Simcha on Purim. So obviously it's a much deeper type of Simcha that needs preparation. Okay? So today I just want to speak about one point, an important point. Because one of the big ideas that are going on on Purim is that we're making a machal timcha ezecher amalek. We're destroying amalek. That's one of the very important things that are going on. Not the Shabbat. Next Shabbat is Parashat Zachor. Parashat Zachor. That's when we mekayim the mitzvah the oraita to destroy amalek or to remember what they did and machal timcha ezecher amalek. So it's very very much connected with Purim. As we know, that Haman was Mizera Amalek, and the entire Gezerah against the Jewish people is very much connected with Amalek. So we want to try to understand it a little bit, and see exactly what Amalek represents and how it affects our life. It's a very important yesayim, okay? So let's talk about one aspect of Amalek. We know that it says in the parasha, we read it, on Parashat Zachor, it says about Amalek, Asher Karecha Baderech. And Chazal explained what that means is that Amalek, their philosophy is that whatever goes on in life, we define that as a Mikre. There's different Pesukim that the Chazal attribute to Amalek. Which means that the way he views world, the world, and what goes on in the world, is called a mikre. Let's try to understand what that means, a mikre. Mikre means as follows. Okay, I just want to explain to you what mikre means. Mikre means there is a layer. There is a layer 
that we refer to as Teva, the nature, the natural world, the world of nature. The world of nature means, for example, just to try to explain that there's two ways to see the world, there's two ways to define world events. One is looking only at the outer layer called nature, and one is seeing something deeper. We're going to try to explain that. Let's say, for example, you have now a war going on, Russia goes into Ukraine, okay? That's something that's going on in the world, okay? So if you're a person who sees the world only in the outer layer, the Siba Mesuvav, cause and effect, the, the laws of nature, so you study that event, okay? And that is an isolated event that's going on in the history of the world, and you see, what does Russia want? What do they gain by it? What's the purpose you know, what's the significance? You're very into the political understanding of what's going on. And that's the whole story. Something happened. You explain what happened. According to the laws of nature. Okay, that's the Mikra world. What's Emuna world? Emuna world says that Hashem had a plan and a purpose with creation. That means the world started with Bereshis, and it's a continual plan that's being carried out by Hashem to the ultimate fruition of the plan, so every event that goes on in history is reaching towards this goal, and according to, to the plan that Hashem wants over here. So there's something deeper it is explaining why this is happening regarding the, the goal that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has. It's two different ways of seeing the world. One is Mikra. Mikra is not the way we usually say Mikra means like, like it, it just happened to happen. Like something random, something wild, something out of the ordinary just to happen. That's usually how we think Mikra means. Mikra doesn't mean that. Mikra means laws of nature... The explanation is based on the law of nature, but only the law of nature. That's all you look at, the law of nature. You explain what's going on based on the law of nature. You do not see it part of a plan. It's not going to a certain destination. That's Haman. That's Amalek, Mikra. It means there's no plan and purpose in the world. There's no plan and purpose. You live for the now, you live for the moment, and there's no plan and purpose to the world. So let's try to take that on another angle. The same exact thing. You see, Chazal tell us in the Gemara that if a Jewish person, his Yetzirah gets a hold of him, he has a big taiva, and he's going to fall to the Yetzirah, so the Chazal give us some methods that we could do to divorce the Yetzirah from us. One of the methods that we'll use is we'll say Kiryat Shema. You'll be protected. If that doesn't work, go to the yeshiva, go to the Bet Midrash, learn. It gives you a whole bunch of things. And the last Eitzah, that if nothing works, think about the day of death. That's what it says in Chazal. What does that mean? I think about the day of death. When I think about the day of death is I connect the future with the present. My future is being affected by my day today. So the decisions that I make today 
are going to affect me for all eternity in the future. I connect the future with the present. But Esav, who is the root of Amalek, what did he say? He said, I'm going to die. Meaning, there's no purpose in life. It's going nowhere. At the end, you end up in the ground. You end up in a piece of dirt, a hole in the ground. So therefore, what? I might as well live life to the fullest and enjoy life. So we're both looking at the end. Uh, a, a religious person looks at the death and he says, Ah, my day today is connected with a future. If it's connected with a future, I got to make the right decisions. But a person who lives in the world of nature... In the world of nature, there's no future. Every second the clock ticks, you're going down. Your life is going downward. By us, it's going upward. Because as I get closer to the grave and as I create shlemus and prepare myself for the future, my life is going upwards. It's getting better and better by the minute. But when you live in the world of Mikra, your life is getting worse by the minute because the clock is ticking. By the time you're 60 years old, you're not even enjoying half the typhus of Elamazer. So it's going down. Your world is going down. My world is going down. Oh my gosh, I'm 20 years old. Before I turn around, I'm going to be 30 and all settled and everything. Okay, where's the next plane ticket? I'm out of here. Because I have to party more. Because this, we're not going anywhere. I live for the present. And the present is getting smaller the present, the opportunity of the moment is getting smaller and smaller. So I got a chaperine. Two different philosophies. When you're the micro way of thinking about things, you're only living here and now. When you're thinking about a Muna way, you're on a road to a future. And that changes the way you look at today. Today's decisions affect tomorrow's future and therefore it gives you a different perspective on life and on youth I'm a bocher I'm single I don't have the responsibility of a wife I don't have the responsibility of panosa so what do I look at today I could use these years as a great opportunity to prepare for my future because life is going on and on it's a different perspective or I say, listen, before I get too old, all I have is a couple of years to party, I might as well party. That is a perspective of Amalek. That's how he lives. Now, there's a Chazal that says that Esav is compared to what we call Shav. There's two things. There's something called Shav and Sheker. Shav and Sheker. You know the difference? We say one in one of the Aserat that they brought that you can't swear in the name of God Sheker. So Sheker would be if let's say I owe you money, you take me to court and I say I swear in the name of God I don't owe you the money. That's Sheker. What's Shav? So Shav, right now it's sunny outside, right? So if I swear in the name of Hashem that it's sunny outside, everybody can see that. That's called Shavuat Shav. Because it doesn't have a purpose. 
Anything that doesn't have a purpose, you're using God's name for no purpose, that's a defiling in Hashem's name. So Shav means purposeless. Okay? So what was Esav? Esav's life is purposeless. What do you mean it's purposeless? Because any life that in itself is not taking you to the destination, you're not reaching a shlemus, you're not reaching an oilam ball. So what are you doing? You're living only for the now and the here and for the pleasures and the enjoyments of the moment. That's a purposeless life. Purposeless life. That is the epitome of evil, is to live a purposeless life. Because then you're living in Dimyon. Now I just want to say a little Amkis here, okay? Hashem had to create a reality of Shav in order for us to be tested with it. That means the laws of nature is a reality that if it's taken as its, as its own entity is a reality of Shav. So it's very easy to fall into that. Because I don't see the spirituality. I don't see the future. I don't see Mashiach. I don't see Eilam It's very easy for me to get caught into that. And it can seem like it's the most purposeful life in the world. Because I'm building businesses. I'm making money. I'm doing all kinds of things. I'm traveling the globe. It looks so much like it's real. There's theater, there's music, there's literature, there's science, there's buildings, there's vacations. There's, there's a, it's a tremendous world. It's a tremendous world. But the whole thing is shav. Why? Because it doesn't serve a purpose. It's only for itself. It's only for its enjoyment. For now, for the here. That's called shav. That was the epitome of esav. A molek which comes from esav. Same concept. Living in Mikra. Living in Shav. This is what we call living in Dimyon. We see it all the time in Chazal. It says the Yetzirah is Dimyon. It's a fantasy. So we don't understand what that means. Because we think fantasy is something that's a fabrication of an imagination that's not realistic in the world. We say that's not Yetzirah. Yetzirah is as tangible and it's as real and it's as real as you can get. Maybe it's forbidden, but it's as real as you can get. But it's not true. That's called a dimion. That's called a fantasy. It's because you take something and you create it and you say, this is the purpose of life. This is what I was born for. This is what I was here to experience. This is it. That's a dimion. That's a fabrication of your imagination of what true reality is. Of course it feels good on your body, but that's a fabrication of imagination of what actual reality is. Reality is living a life with a tahalich, with a purpose. Taking you somewhere, bringing you somewhere, developing yourself and preparing yourself. That's living life. So when we say that as long as Amalek is in the world, it is very difficult to overcome this challenge. When Amalek is here. He has such a strong influence. You live the world around you. And people are pursuing. Fun. Excitement. Money. Pleasures. Everybody around you is pursuing it. Millions. Billions of people are doing that. So for you to have a clarity of mind. 
to say that everybody's living in a, in a, in a, a world of dimyon, a life which is absolutely shav, and a life that's empty. And that's a very big test that we have to have. That's not such a simple test to overcome. That's not an easy challenge to overcome. To live with emet and to live with emuna, that's not an easy life. Not easy challenge. So what Purim is going to help us with the destruction, which we're going to have to take you through the days into the step-by-step, how the empire, the greatest empire, with, with power, Money, prestige, control, everything that you can want in a materialistic way crumbles and its true identity is revealed. And the tzaddikim come out on top and we get a clear view of what life is really all all about. That helps us. It gives us a certain clarity. It's a clarity that we need to have. Purim is going to give us some form of a clarity that we need to have. That every Bachar and Yeshiva has to look at his life and he has to say, how am I going to live with the future and put the future into today? We see something in Kachim, the halacha is, we know in halacha that the night comes before the day. At night, it's already the new day, and the day follows. Comes the new night, it's a new day. Dalok is by kachim. The day is when you make the korban, and then you eat it at night. The day is where it starts, and the night is where it finishes. So what's pshat? And the answer is because in the world of Kedusha, in the world of spirituality, today is connected with tomorrow. Today is connected with tomorrow. That's a very deep point. You see this in a very practical way for a moment. A kid who does good in elementary school gets into a good high school. He does well in high school. He gets into a good bet midrash. He goes to a good bet midrash. He gets a nice shiduch. He gets a nice shiduch. He gets into a nice kolel. Right? What's that? So what do you see in a practical sense? The moves that you make today Affect your matzav of tomorrow. So you're not living for today. You're living for building your future. That's what you're doing. You're building. It's a constant building. And the step of today affects the tomorrow. That's the mature mindset and the Torah mindset that we have to have. It's true in the moment. It's more fun to go and to do and to this and to that. I'm, that's why I'm living the moment. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about today. This is the first step in the sugya that we have to realize that there's a lot of outside influence against this way of thinking. That there is a Olam Haba, there is a Tachas Achayim, there is a Mashiach, there is a Binyan Beis Hamikdash. There's something that we're involved in. We're part of a piece of history that's going from the beginning of time to the end of time. There's a lot of influence connected to that, which affects our lives in so many different ways. So Purim is supposed to give us that chizik. Again, like I'm going to say in every shmuz, we don't change overnight. We don't do drastic things. But Purim has to give us a perspective that helps us take a step in the right direction. We need to start making some changes, something. 
The perspective has to change. That's the, 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 that's the big important thing here. That the perspective has to change and we have to start investing in our real future. That's a very important thing. That's the lesson that I want to give you today.